when I went from teaching middle school down to taking the second grade position, and I get a little smile, um, (laughs) I forgot that elementary school teachers teach their own PE. (laughs) And so that was a nice learning curve. Hello, my Time Crunch teachers. Welcome to the show. This is your team teacher, Marielle DeRosier, here to help you optimize your teaching, technology, and time management. And with me today is third grade teacher, Stephanie Hedgepath-Lopez. Hello. And today we're sharing PE games that work for a variety of age levels so that you can sit back and watch the kids (laughs) and not have to be um, like running everything and in the middle and blowing whistles and going crazy it's nice fun games that kids across all different age levels love and also that we enjoy teaching they're so, watching yeah they're they're entertaining watching. to watch yeah, as they're well. really entertaining to watch so some of the things we're going to go over today are the specific games that we like teaching with the kids um how to make sure everyone is involved in the games, especially different skill levels or, you know, different personalities, yeah, personalities. <laughs> and then what to do when there's, you know, disagreements or maybe a little bit of conflict or whatever in the game. So um, I'm going to start with a recent one that my fifth graders love, although I've done it with a variety of ages, and it's called Castle Ball. And I'll put links in the description notes of if there's you know, videos of the games we talk about or, or di- set up diagram or something. Yeah, totally. And for castle ball, what you want to picture is basically picture it like they're setting up a dodgeball game where there's kids on one side and kids on the other and they have the dodgeballs. But instead of throwing the dodgeballs across the court to mm-hmm. hit each other, what they're doing is they're trying to knock down each other's castles. And there's oh. lots of different ways you can make castles. But the way that my students do it is I give them You have to give them at least six hula hoops, but you can give them more. And there's a really cool way that you can actually make a structure with a bunch of hula hoops that sort of looks like those, you know, those like geodesic domes that kids would climb on. Yes, exactly. That they climb in at playgrounds. It ends up looking like that. So they build those on each of their sides. And if you have a ton of hula hoops or borrow some from other teachers it's really fun if they make like two or three castles Mm -hmm. so they have their castles behind them on each of the sides and you have to kind of give parameters in terms of like you can't guard your castle because otherwise they'll just go around the castle and no balls can get through or whatever as they're tossing them but basically they just lob the dodgeballs back and forth and try to knock down the castles made out of the hula hoops and because the hula hoops the way it's set up is like very precarious they knock over quite easily and also, like, sometimes a kid will randomly just, like, bump into their castle and it'll all come crashing down. Um, so, but they love it. And what I like about it is everyone's involved because they're either blocking the dodgeball from hitting, you know, they're, you know, stopping the dodgeball from hitting their castle or they're lobbing the ball across or they're doing strategies. So do they get to rebuild it as soon yeah, as it falls? So, no, what usually happens is, say they have three castles built, um, the other team gets a point for each castle it goes down and then once one team loses all their castles, then we start over. Oh, okay. And at that start over point, I really like it because that's where they can talk about strategy because some mm-hmm. kids use, or some teams use all of their hula hoops to make one like super castle and try and reinforce it. So if it gets hit or bumped, it doesn't fall down. And some kids, and I actually think the strategy is a little better, um, make multiple castles. And then that way the other team has to hit many of them before they lose all their castles. But anyways, anytime there's that sort of timeout or down period or reset, I think is a really great time for kids to talk strategy, to talk about what works, um, what they want to change. And if you don't have hula hoops, like you could do this with a lot of, you could stack cones. cones Yeah. Or lots of different things. Um, basically, cool noodles. Oh yeah, other things. things. <laughs> Did you teach your second graders this last year? No, actually, because I think I just discovered it oh, this okay. year. It's part of the PlayWorks um, game library, oh, and I came across it. And okay. we'll talk about PlayWorks in a while because that's um, a program, I guess you could say, that yeah. our school adopted, and I really like it. And so I, ha- I have some notes later where we can talk about the elements of playworks that work really well but they have a whole game library that's totally free oh and i like that they have sometimes there are for some games there's short little videos of Mm -hmm. people playing yeah so you could if you're bad at explaining or you (laughs) 
or you have laryngitis or something right. and you want to do it in the classroom, you can show the little video and then they'll know how to play it. Yeah, totally. And the kids um, need that visual sometimes too. Mm-hmm. And I will say Castle Ball, I know for a fact they have a video, so I'll link the video. But that's one that's nice because in the Castle Ball video, they show how to make the castle. So that's also kind of a fun thing for the kids. But again, they come up with their own variations, which I think is really cool. Uh, the other game that I have played with the second graders for last year, but also the fifth graders, and I've actually also played this with adults, and it's super funny with adults, is tic-tac-toe but chairs. So what you want to picture is a three-by-three, three, you know, grid or just nine chairs, right? Like three-three-three. Okay. Three. And you can just have nine kids drag their chairs out from the classrooms. And then you have to define the class into two teams, right? So... If you're lucky enough to have the little penny jerseys, mm-hmm. it's super helpful to have that visual of the jerseys where, you know, like these kids are the orange team and these kids are like the blue team. Sometimes I do it by like if they're sitting in groups like this group and this group against totally. it, then it's a little easier also for them to remember who sits by. Yeah, who exactly. Are. So if you don't have jerseys, having it be how they sit already as a group or, you know, whatever, then they already know it's on the team. But basically, you have these nine chairs in the middle. You have two lines on opposite side, you know, the blue team and the orange team. And there's lots of different ways you can do this. But the way I found the easiest is if you give each kid on each team a number. All right. So the first kid on each team is number one. Then it goes number two, number three, all the way through, you know, like like 15. And what you do is you call out three numbers. So you're like, okay, number one, number five, and number seven. So each one, five, and seven from each team, that blue team and the orange team, run out and they go to sit in those nine chairs, oh, right? Okay. Okay. So there's six kids that just ran out, three from the blue, three from the orange, and they try to sit in the chairs in a way that it makes three in a row, like tic tac toe. Oh, that's so very clever. It, so if you picture like musical chairs where kids are like jumping on chairs to like get in the right spot, it kind of looks like that. But what's really fun about it is since it's six kids, but it's technically nine spots. You have kids who are constantly shifting because they're trying to get the three in a row, but then the other team moves and blocks them. Mm. And so I have found either three kids ran out and they immediately get three in a row just because they're fast and how they set. Or it ends up being a really fun kind of long round because one they keep kid moving around. They keep moving. If this is very choppy editing, it's because batteries are dying on things and I'm doing my best. like, what? (laughs) What just happened? Um, I think I was talking about what the students, what I like about it, what's really fun is that they have to have a lot of um, in the moment strategy. Like you move there. No, no, no. You stay there. No, you move. And then the also nice part I like about it is after, you know, you get through three in a row. It's like, great. Orange team, one point. Those kids send back and then you call out three new numbers and they (laughs) run out. So the kids who are waiting have to do an active participation with the listening because they don't know if their number right, is going right. to be called out. You can also, with fifth graders, I made it super complicated one time where I was yelling out math problems. Oh, like, yeah. I do that with steal the bacon yeah, anyway. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah, it is a lot like steal the bacon. You could, uh, you know, have each kid bring out a whiteboard and they have to write, you know, their spelling word or something like that before they run out. There's like all these different things you can do that make it so that you kind of pre-select which ones run out. If you have a couple minutes for the kids to, like, move all their desks out of the way, you can actually play this in the classroom. If you have an open spot in the middle, just moving the desk out of the way. And so it's a nice rainy day PE game. Could you do it, like, with spots on the ground Mm -hmm. instead of chairs as well? Mm -hmm. Or, like, even cones, perhaps? Yeah, what I like about the chair is with the right... Sometimes when it spots, kids, like, slam into each other. Oh, yeah. So, for some reason with the chairs, like, you would think they'd shove each other out of the chairs, and, like, maybe some kids do. My kids this year don't, but they mm-hmm. they know to kind of, like, once that kid is seat- seated, not to, like, yeah. try and sit. But I do think there's other ways you could adapt it. And then the, the last game that the kids at all, all different levels love is um, Waspital. <laughs> Like wasp, like bees, oh, yeah, hospital. That's and it's also called like Band-Aid tag. Band-Aid, Band-Aid yeah. tag, yeah. And basically you have, let's say, like two or three taggers and they're the wasps. And we have a bad wasp problem in oh, yeah, our we like, do. eating area. So the and then kids... there's the whole wasp. It's a wasp, not a bee anyway. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> bad bee. Um, no, it's not a bee. It's not a bee. It's a uh, wasp. We like bee. We hate bees wasps. Bees are good. Wasps oh, are terrible. evil. Uh, so you have three kids who are taggers and they're wasps or whatever, and everyone else is running around. And what happens is, is um, soon as a kid is tagged, 
you have that kid who got tagged has to take their hand and put their hand on the spot where they were tagged. So one tag would be like on their arm. So they put their hand on their arm. If they have another get tagged later and they're running around with like one arm yeah. on the thing. Um, and then they get tagged again and their other arm has to go where that is. Once they've been tagged twice and they have, they're now like holding on to the two stings, they go to the hospital and it, this is a nice way to kind of do an adaptive thing. Like if a kid isn't feeling well, but they want to participate, but they just don't want to be like running around. They're the ones that are like the doctors and the nurses or whatever in the hospital. And they heal the person who comes over. And the way the kid gets healed is you give them some sort of task. So it could be like five jumping jacks or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they're, the kid is cleared and they can run back in and keep playing. And then every like couple minutes you switch out who the kids are that are the wasps. But this is also called band-aid tag because you're like putting your hand on where you got tagged like See, a band-aid. Uh, there's a variation of that band-aid mm-hmm. tag is it's like watch your back tag where mm-hmm. everybody's it. So oh, they're right. all running around tagging each other and which I'll explain in a minute. But um so they one tag, two tags, mm-hmm. and then the third tag they have to go to the designated spot to um, rejuvenate right the recharge recharge station and do whatever and then i'm it's usually where i am and i'll tell them to do like oh do 10 jumping jacks or do five sit-ups or whatever whatever yeah i've also done it too where um if we played right before like a spelling test or something you could have them spell one of the words Mm -hmm. or you know you can incorporate curriculum if you want or you can have them do a physical movement um but what i like about band-aid tiger hospital is like everybody's moving everybody's doing something which is nice and that's why i like kind of the games we're sharing is that there isn't this huge downtime for everybody else that's waiting a turn to get in because that's where Kids will get bored or they'll complain or they don't want to participate because they're just they will do things. Yeah. (laughs) They'll be naughty. Um, But, yeah, so I like that castle ball, tic-tac-toe with the chairs or hula hoops or whatever, and then um, waspital. And then the last thing I was going to share that just recently the kids have really been loving, meaning, like, this generation of children, um, is all of those what we might consider, like, old-school recess Mm -hmm. games. So Foursquare, they're just obsessed with, especially if you teach them the right way, because every school I've ever been to, the kids all have these, like, goofy Foursquare rules, like oh, yeah. rainbow, and, the, and they do yeah. all these, like, weird things with their hands that basically make it so they can just hold the ball, and I'm like, no. So if you teach them real Foursquare and or um, playing wall ball, like, if you're lucky enough to have one of those, like, backstop yeah. balls— I like uh, wall ball because I like kids playing two versus two wall ball. And then because we have, what, four or five courts. There's, yeah. Yeah, there's four. I think one. Four. Yeah, because there's two walls. and there's Okay, so there's four courts that kids who want a little more practice can kind of stay in the practice court. And kids who want to be more competitive can kind of move up to the more competitive no, court. That's always a good idea. But, but, but yeah, because, like, you know, you don't want kids to, like, feel bad that they're learning or kids that want to just, like, playing competitively, you know, feel like they're stuck in the I've done that with, like, soccer. Like, okay, this is going to be the competitive one, and this is the one you just want to have some fun. And they'll self-select. Yeah, totally. And sometimes that makes it a lot easier and the kids that aren't as, don't have as many skills or the ones who really want to play hard. And then it's just Yeah, and kind of, like, separate the competitive element. The other, this isn't really a recess game, but I do feel like it's a skill that all kids need to learn. And... There aren't a lot of things I claim with my second graders that I did well, but every one of those second graders learned how to jump rope, and I'm very proud. Yes. <laughs> there, I have a lot of third graders you have a lot of, that you can know jump how rope. to jump rope, and because um, one, it is a skill that needs to be explicitly taught. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think it's necessarily instinctual for kids, or wasn't for me because I would turn my hands. <laughs> yeah, they rotations. you would. You're, it, it's definitely a coordination thing, and yes. they just all of them don't have yes. it. Yes, it's a coordination thing, um, especially for what I'm picturing right now, which is the single jump rope, like a kid holding the jump rope themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a really nice progression that you can teach them, where you basically you have the super long jump rope with another adult. You need an adult to like be the spinner at the beginning, but where you're not doing the full rotation, you're mm-hmm. just kind of. What? They're called bluebells. Oh, bluebells? Oh, now I know. Well, that's a special name. <laughs> oh, work. Well, it we used to go, go bluebells, cockle shells, oh, easy, yes. easy overs. Here comes the teacher with the big, great big. And that's all I remember. All those songs are coming back. And um, I we, will tell you, they are not, um, they need some updating. <laughs> 
Yes, they do. <laughs> okay, that's my okay. My homework before we go back is to find other playground um, jump rope games. Thank you. Oh yeah, writing on my notes here. Sorry, I got you way off track. No, no, no. I was just saying the progression. So you have the big jump rope that they're just kind of um, hopping over, like it doesn't go a full mm-hmm. rotation over their head. So that's how I teach them level one, and then level two is another adult spinner or there's some kids that are good with yeah. the, the spinning I have some kids that that's all they want to do that's is true. do the jump rope there are little arms get tired yeah. doing the big jump rope the big jump rope then you do the full rotation where they go around and it's going slow and then now you have them have their individual ro- jump rope and they do the same bluebells like you're saying where it just jumps under their feet back and yeah. forth and then they start doing the progression but I have found teaching them to swing the jump rope not two hands but put both handles in one one hand, usually their dominant hand, and they're just rotating um, the jump rope next to them. Like mm-hmm. they're not physically jumping over the rope; they're just rotating it. Helps them with the timing because they're just moving well. Yeah, because it is really all about rhythm and right. coordination and exactly. So they're jumping in their spot, but they're rotating the jump rope next to them. And I teach them a lot about how it's not rotating your arms; it's rotating your wrists and like flipping over your wrists. So they do that, and then they put it in both hands, and then they um, single jump rope themselves. And having the jump rope start behind them, and it comes up and over their head and into their, you know, visualization over them. Because, like, weird, instinctually, a lot of kids like to put the jump rope in front of them and then try to jump. And yeah, then and they're not very good at how much slack they need, or yeah. they have too much slack, or they don't choose the proper jump rope size. Yes, yeah, sizing is really important. So the way you size a jump rope is um, stand in the middle of the jump rope and then pull the handles up towards your yeah. shoulders, and the handles should touch your armpits and not go past it and not be too And short. elementary school, you know, you have such a wide variety of size children that oh, you need right. a couple different size jump ropes. Plus, I'm like, I'm a jump rope snob. Those, like... <laughs> cheapy plastic ones where the handles break oh, yeah. or they get kinked are terrible. I, I was trying to find some of the old fast just a rope, but I couldn't find Yeah, those. those are actually my favorite, especially if you have the big jump rope. I guess rope I could just go buy a kids. big giant rope and cut <laughs> it. Um, but the reason why... <laughs> Make sure all the children... Yeah. <laughs> Come here. Here's your own jump rope. The reason why I'm um, so adamant about teaching jump rope, one, it's just like a fun activity and the kids, um, you know, enjoy it. But two, as an adult... Um, working out at the gym. So I go to a CrossFit gym and a lot of the um, exercises involve a jump rope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I mean, I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh because I understand that not everybody's been taught how to jump rope. But it, it is now shocking to me how many adults don't know how to jump rope. And it's definitely not because of physical ability because these people they are just like, didn't learn. Yeah, they just didn't learn. And because it's such a highly coordinated skill. Um, so I am not particularly great at CrossFit, but I do feel like I bring the this is how you jump rope. <laughs> Um, what I was going to say earlier that got them super pumped is I found a video of these people doing like jump rope tricks, oh, you know, and yeah. it starts out with the easy one where it's like, oh, you can cross jump yeah. rope or you can, you know, swing. Oh, yeah. Two swing, hands swing, and jump. Open. Swing, yeah. yeah. But then they did crazy stuff like flips and whatever. It was uh-huh. like this whole gymnastics thing. And I told the kids they couldn't try and do flips, but it did get them very <laughs> excited because some of the things in the video are people coordinating jumping together right like almost like they're dancing so they did the same little sequence together Mm -hmm. and the kids got excited and they wanted to practice that the other thing that was second graders that i think is adorable and i don't know why they get so excited about this but they all want to show me how they can run and jump rope like oh yeah (laughs) but that kind of gallopy no yeah i actually taught a few of them this year and like you can do it this way and it was like it was freeing to some of those kids who couldn't quite get their coordination together yeah sometimes it helps with could, that timing yeah to, to actually move forward as they're jump roping not be stationary because yeah. then they don't catch their foot on it plus it's really easy to go here let's go jump rope after you've taught them the basics or here's yeah. a step have them to go jump rope it's yeah and it's a nice not a big thing. planning thing and totally and teams also, and all that stuff i well uh, last year i'd often bring out the bin of jump ropes just because if a kid was waiting for another game mm-hmm. they like just sitting there and jump roping and and i think it's an important skill so even if the kids aren't like particularly jazzed about doing it i think that i don't know first second third grade i think is a good age for them to learn how to do it um and then as they get older like if you teach middle school i think it's amazing for like cardiovascular health and and then they can get more of the like speed ropes and do it fast 
Um, the last old school game that they love, and most schools have these painted on the blacktop and no one knows how to use them, is hopscotch. Yes. Is the second graders love the hopscotch, especially if you're using that marker that you put down and you mm-hmm. know you have to like skip that skip spot that one, and yeah. move it. Because um, they don't know that. No, they don't know Nobody's that. Nobody's taught them. Exactly. And I think there's a lot of um, balance and coordination built into those games growing up and hopscotch because you have to hop on one foot, you know, at a certain point or hop on one foot, then two feet and balance and bend over and pick up the marker, I think is really great, great way to teach those kind of balancing. And you don't need to go run around finding all your equipment. Yeah, that's true. That's actually a really good one because you don't need stuff. Because <laughs> a lot of the some of these games, like especially the castle ball and whatever, you need stuff. Yeah, you have to have stuff, um, and you have to you know make sure you bring out the stuff. And but anyways, those are my games. What sort of games do you? Well, have? I was gonna add to a couple. You were saying like you said the what was the tag? Oh, t- the the tic tac toe tag. No, the wasp. Oh, wasp little yeah. band aid. And I told you about the band aid and that, but the one that they almost always will play is watch your back tag, which is great because everybody's it. Cause I have the class that always argues that I want to be it. Oh yeah. So it's great because everybody's it. You have a defined space and they run around tag. And if you get tagged, you have to sit down or mm-hmm. kneel or whatever you want them to do. And then they have, they have to watch that whoever tagged them when they get tagged, then they're free. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. So the way we can picture <laughs> this is say, say we're all playing and I tagged Stephanie. So, because everybody's tagging everybody, right. right? So I tag Stephanie, and now Stephanie has to sit down. But then Stephanie has to watch me play because the second somebody else tags, tags me, right. you get to. Stephanie and there's usually like one kid that like half the kids are yelling, get so and so, get them, get them, you know, so that they can get up. Right, right, exactly. So say like Sarah and, tags everybody, and everyone's waiting for every Sarah. Every once in a while, tag. some kid will go, I have no idea who tagged me, I can't remember. And I'll go, okay. Come over here. You can do 10, 10 jumpy jacks and go back in. It should be noted that this is not the game to play the first week of school. That maybe No, they- no. They need to be a little comfortable <laughs> with each other because they don't know who, you know. They're like, um, I think it was that girl. I- this one's actually super fun, too. If if I mean, obviously, it's easier if it's a smaller group. But it's really funny when it's a large group. Oh, yeah. Because they have to keep track of. I mean, really, they're only keeping track of one person. But it's still kind of funny and chaotic to watch everybody. Have oh, to watch everybody. And then my other favorite fallback game is find something which basically i have all the kids line up like against a fence or on a line or wherever mm-hmm. and i go okay go touch something that's blue and they have to run around and find something that's blue <laughs> i love it and touch it and they run back or um go find a square and do a dance or run over run around the wall ball court or go up and go down the slide. Like, mm-hmm. I just choose random things for them to do. And the funniest one ever was I said, go touch the fire hydrant. And all the kids, there was one kid, there's a bunch of kids that were, like, confused and they ran, like, towards the cafeteria thinking okay. they had to touch the fire alarm. Oh, whoops. Like, where you go? And there was finally one kid who figured out that the, where the fire hydrant was in the playground. Okay. And they ran over. And then everybody followed them and was like, oh, wow, we need some vocabulary teaching here. <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't go to, like, a fire extinguisher. But I imagine alar- the fire alarm, yeah, that makes sense. That was the only thing they could think of. It was, yeah, it was funny. But then also, um, but then you can also teach, like, um, prepositions and things. I oh, want you to yes. go get on something, run around something. I love it. Colors and, and you so the littler they are, the more you can actually use it a little bit as a yeah, teaching like, or yeah, checking like a thing. Vocab. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Or if you're teaching shapes, like go touch a square. And it's funny because like go touch a square. Like some of the kids will run to the farthest square they can oh, find, yeah. and the other kids are looking around like, oh, there's one right there, and just walk two feet and then jump up and down and come back. Exactly. It is kind of cute to watch like which ones really want to go for right. the distance. It's really good with little kids. It gets them tired. Yes. If you want to wear them out a bit. I remember you because I was working at a pull-out group of younger students that needed kind of some extra movement breaks. And that was the game you told me. You're like, just tell them go touch. And I was like, what? And you're like, no, you just pick stuff and they run around. And it worked. It worked. I mean, yeah. I was shocked, one, how fast they bought into the game. Like, they immediately yeah, all like, did it. Okay, sure. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, and then it's cute because... Let's say you go touch a circle or whatever, right? And they they go to run to the same one, and then they get to the point where they don't want to go all to the same one. So oh, they yeah, try yeah. to like run around and find different circles, yeah. which I think is kind of 
endearing. It is funny. Um, and then and then what I always do too is like if another teacher is running by, I'm like, go give Miss So and So a high five, and then like oh, these kids are all running towards like that poor teacher that's like just trying to go on their prep and <laughs> bothering them. But um, but yeah, I think it's perfect, and it's also a really good game if um, like your energy as the teacher, like your energy's low or you're not feeling well or like whatever, you can just yeah, you can just yell stuff running. out. Go and do it, this, do this, and if they're not that. running, it works in the classroom well too. Like I've seen yeah. younger teachers do it, like point at the you know, and they yeah. have to go find something. But it is another um, one that translates to inside the classroom if you have to have a rainy day recess or um, whatever. There's this one I saw somewhere. It's like clean your room, and you could do this inside. Okay. And I have these little foam balls I bought, and um, but you could also use wads of paper or whatever, okay. and you have a line. And you have to get your side of the room clean by throwing the oh. stuff to the other side. So, like, you have a court or a classroom or whatever, and you just divide it in half. Yeah. And, and then, you guys have to get your side clean, and you have to get and the way it. you get it clean is by throwing it on the other I side. I love it. And they're just hucking stuff back yeah. and forth. And so that's what was cool about the foam balls, because yeah. nobody's going to get hurt. Right. I could see how that would work really well inside a classroom for a rainy day recess if you, like, Again, you use the scratch paper or something like that, and they're throwing things back and forth. But it also, if if you have access to like an actual gym, and you just like dump the cart that's full of all the like the ball <laughs> and, the, and the like pool noodles that they're trying to like arrow or spear through or whatever, it would be really funny. And they, um, yeah, and so they're just, and then you just set a time limit, yeah. like a couple minutes, and then blow the whistle and whatever. And another one you're talking because I found it recently. It's volcanoes and ice cream cones. You I have this one. your two teams. And one team is volcanoes, which mm-hmm. is your cone this way. And now I must say the cones that are like little discs work mm-hmm. much better than the little cones like this. That are like, okay, so this game requires either, think like traffic cones, right? Where you have um, yeah, like the, the vol- little ones. Yeah, the little, the, yeah, the little ones. So the volcano is when the traffic cone is upright. And then ice cream cone is it's when, when it's, it's flipped down. over. You could also use objects that are just like two different colors. Yeah. So if you have discs and like one side is black and the other side is white, this works perfectly well too. You just need something that you can basically identify as two sides. And then you have a defined area, yeah. right? Like a court. And the the one team is volcanoes and they try to make all of them be volcanoes mm-hmm. and the one's ice cream and they try to make all of them upside down like ice creams and they just run around flipping, flipping them. things. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why the little cones didn't work because then um I had a bunch of kids that would just go kick them. And so yeah. it was so the um the ice cream cone people were always winning because it was easier to just knock them over than to go over and actually set it up. So I need to I, that's because I couldn't find my other cones at the time. Now I know where they are. Yeah. So what <laughs> Stephanie is saying is like the ones that are traffic cone, I mean, they're little, but they're shaped like a traffic cone so that they have like a tall peak. Those are really easy to knock over, but they're harder to put upright. But if you tell them that they have to use their hands and they can't just kick them right. over, then that's one way. Also, and or if you play in grass where it like holds it up. The yes, other way. that's true. But the cones that are more like a little bit more flatter discs as if um, a traffic cone was cut off on the top. Those yeah. work really well. Those would work um, better. Or actual circle discs. But basically what happens is for two minutes straight, kids are running around and like flipping things back and forth. I found with the fifth graders, they would they would guard one, like they would stay by one and just flip it back. And so I told them that they, they couldn't like hover around one object. They actually had to like leave it. Yeah, you it. have to give them a bunch of rules. <laughs> yeah. the, the older and smarter they get, you have to give them some more rules to... But that one's fun, and as somebody who has played it, it is so exhausting. It is like it's a really good warm up game because it kind of tires them all out really yeah. quickly, and then you can kind of move into maybe a skill based game or something that takes a little bit more time. But um, but that one's super fun, and everybody's playing. That's what's fun about it is every single. There's kid. that other game that you taught me that mm-hmm. now I can't remember what it's called. Where you have like a line of cones, and you have two people facing off. Uh-huh. And you have to touch. Oh, head, shoulders, knees, cones. Yeah, head, yeah. shoulders. That's it. That's it. Yeah, that was really. Yeah, tons of videos of this. But yeah, so the one um, that I saw, and I'll, and I'll link the video because it's fun to just watch how you play it. And it's also fun to show the kids because then they get how to play it. So picture between Stephanie and I, there's a cone. But it can really be any object. It could it be anything. Have to be a cone. And, you know, you face each other. And if you want to make this a little more athletic, I have the kids stand in sort of like a squat stance. And then you have a collar, which is usually the teacher, and they're saying, like, head, shoulders, knees, or cone. And so it'd be, like, head, and both people have to touch their head. And it's, like, knees, shoulders. And so they're touching these different parts. And then as soon as the collar says cone, they both try to grab the cone, and whoever grabs the cone A little, first. like, individualized steal the bacon. Yes, exactly. But, it's only, but then everybody's moving because they're not just waiting for exactly. that one number and feeling like everybody's looking at it. Yes, and then since they're two lines facing each other, you can just rotate one kid down, and now they face a new partner. 
the way I played this in the classroom as is um, a stretch break where I had a bunch of these little cubes and I'd have the kids, I would just like randomly partner them up and they would sit on the ground and they would put the cube in between them. Oh. And I would say like head, shoulders, knees, whatever cube. And then they would just grab it. Oh, that's good. Cause um, you'd probably have less bonked heads. Yeah. 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 Words of the wise on this game. Um, I have to tell the kids not to lean in. They have to squat down to get the cone. Otherwise they both lean in and they knock heads. It is what's kind of cute to like start this game that is so clear in your mind and then watch the kids and you're like oh no Uh, oh no like I was watching my son um, my younger son in this uh, his little like gymnastics group thing and the game was really simple and and his his coach the woman who teaches it is also a teacher so like she works with kids she totally knows how to explain things she explained it perfectly but basically it was a kind of relay thing where there's a bunch of kids in line and the first kid had to hit the balloon run to the end of line and the second kid had to hit the balloon and then run it in a line. So they're just trying to keep the balloon in the air. It was the most chaotic thing I've ever seen in my life. Like either one kid would hit it over and over again and not go to leave or one kid would hit it and then they'd all run to hit the balloon (laughs) or one kid would hit it and then they'd all watch it just drop to the ground. It was the funniest thing. That's where I kind of like the, how the play works does the games a lot. They'll go, we're going to play Watch your back tag. And then the teacher go, what are you we're going to play? And the kids have to repeat, watch your back tag. Oh, right. Who's it? Everybody. This is after yeah. you've explained it. Everybody's it. So you're constantly reminding them, how do we tag? With We say right. dragonfly fingers and you have to touch. You, right. know, you can touch here and here. And like remind them each time what is acceptable. Totally. Because oh. it doesn't matter. <laughs> Because really you know doesn't. how children are. Like, you mean the rules apply again? We did that five minutes ago. It's the same. It yes, was hilarious. So, like, she could not have described it better. Like, she modeled it. She had them walk through it and whatever. And then as soon as it was go time, it was as if they had never seen this yeah, in their life. Not. And it was so <laughs> funny. Like, the parents, we were all, like, dying. And at a certain point, I was like, you know, do you want me to help? And she's like, sure. So I stood up and I had to physically, like, hold the little kid's shoulders to be like, okay, come this way. <laughs> No, you hit the balloon. Yay. And we got through one whole rotation and we all like erupted in cheers. But it was funny because they've done way more complicated things, but something about just hit the balloon and go to the end I of the I think line. it's because they're anticipating how it's going to come down. Maybe. And then it's like, wow. Okay, now what do I, like they yeah, forgot what, do do? what they're doing in the middle of it because they they're looking, yeah, because. It was pretty cute. Because I can imagine your stuff. So if you want to just see something chaotic, try that game with your students. Blow up a balloon <laughs> and just keep it in the air um okay so let's talk about how to get everyone involved we kind of talked about the nature of the games we share does Mm -hmm. have everybody moving and involving and there's ways to kind of level it for the kids who want to be more competitive and who are still learning Uh, there's another way i i had it so everybody has to move is like if you're playing foursquare or when you play switch or whatever Mm -hmm. instead of having every little foursquare have a um line i have one waiting line so right. as soon as somebody's out in one, they have the first person in line has to go join that game. Oh, okay. And so that it's in constant motion because you're not just waiting for the kids in your in the four kids playing. Mm-hmm. You're waiting. It comes up a lot quicker, and it's like there's a lot more movement. Do you mean there's only one waiting line? There's only the, one waiting oh, line it. for like the four, four games courts. that are going four courts that are going on. I wish the grocery store was like that. <laughs> Like one it line, would be helpful. it's like it's like Actually, TJ Maxx or Marshalls. Big Lots does that now. Oh, There's they? one line, and they go, "Can I have the next person?" The bank, the bank does that. So it's like yeah, so it's like bank. It's bank okay. lines. So like bank. <laughs> I always think Marshalls because it's like it is like yeah, that. Like, at Marshalls. Check your number three or cashier number three is ready for you. Yes. Okay, so everyone set up your PE game like Marshalls. <laughs> Where all the games are going and there's one waiting line. Right. And then they have to run to the... Some, yeah, sometimes that works because, yeah, it does go faster. Because certain... Sometimes, yeah. especially Foursquare, some kids are super good at volleying And they'll it. just wait forever. Yeah, and then they never get Plus, it also... Sometimes you have a couple of those kids that the other kids don't necessarily gravitate to to play with. Sure. And so that way... It mixes up. Everybody gets mixed up. So one of the things I like doing is, um, one, having the kids do a slow motion practice first. If there is a video of the game, obviously show them Mm -hmm. the video so they can kind of visualize it, pause the video, ask questions, let them ask clarifying questions. Let them slow motion practice first where nobody, quote, like gets out or whatever, Mm -hmm. like, you know, you practice. And then I let them practice... And then play a round or two, stop the game, and come back as a group to discuss, okay, what was the challenges? What wasn't what was confusing? You know, what might there be hiccups? And I have to remind myself to do that because I used to just 
especially if the kids were like, we've played this before, just let them play. And then I would notice, oh, no, like six kids oh, yeah, don't know what's going on. Or, or that or this strategy. teacher taught it with this rule and right. this teacher taught it with that rule. That's happened a few times. Exactly. And so having that kind of immediate stop and then, OK, let's regroup. and Or even as simple if they all know how to play and they play well, you can stop and have the teams discuss strategy or discuss what they want to well, change. Well, that's another good reason to have them repeat back to you what what they're what doing what they're doing yeah the other thing too is i'm really big about um this we were talking about this recently talking letting the kids um or leading a discussion with the students about consent when it comes to tagging mm-hmm. because i'm really big in my class like you don't touch people without consent or permission and so i don't want them to think that that's just implied when they're playing a tagging game because like some kids don't want to get tagged and so we talk about that, and then I let the kids kind of come up with the modification. So if it's a game where they're all running around and getting tagged, sometimes kids who don't want to get tagged will say, okay, I'm going to run with my hand on my shoulder, or I'm going to run with my yeah. hand on my head. And so then they know, okay, the tagger isn't going to physically touch them, but they'll say, they'll come up with some rule, like, okay, if you're within this amount of space and say tag, then that means you're out or whatever. Like, yeah. I let the kids kind of come up with it because they come up with way better modifications than I ever would. But um, I think it's really important to talk about, like, because some kids just don't, and I totally understand, don't want to be touched, like, during these games. And um, also what I love about Playworks is they talk about how you basically only tag on the person's, like, trunk, the shoulders, arms, and back. back. And I think that's it, right? Yeah, back and arms, which I really like because then the kids have a visual target and they're not tagging in areas that are (laughs) like... Oh, I have a mark. They touched my hair. Well, your hair is on your back. It was on my jacket. Well, you're wearing your jacket, so you do have to... (laughs) This doesn't count. They touched my hood. Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes you have to go into the finer details of tagging. Yes, you do. So in Playworks, they call it tagging with butterfly wings, meaning a soft touch tag and like open hands hand kind of fluttering hand not like a like yeah like a <laughs> slap or like a shove yeah hand um which i really like and especially if they're tagging on the arms or the back because well, sometimes you know. somebody's accidentally done that i'm like oh then it doesn't count because you didn't do it softly oh right yeah if they tag too hard it's they're out or whatever like it doesn't count and then i have found that um whenever there's an accommodation or modification that's needed for a student or students um, having the, the kids come up with what that would look like is always better than any sort of suggestion I would have came up like. For example, I noticed when we were learning wall ball, I posed the question of, okay, what about those of us who are still learning to like two-hand hit or to move in the space? The kids came up with like, okay, well, they can have two outs like before they're out mm-hmm. or like two missed attempts before they're out. And I noticed the kids were, the fifth graders were amazing at like self-selecting, like, well, I've been playing for a long time and I really like it. So if I mess up, I'm out on the first one. And But if another kid is learning, they can have two tries or they you can have whatever. That group too that you I know. Have. I have a really sweet they're, group They're kind of that way. But I, in other years too, I've had students who um, are adaptive athletes um, and I noticed the kids would accommodate for them. Like, so for example, if a kid uses a wheelchair or if a kid is on crutches the other students will change the rules for like when that kid's up for kickball or when that kid's up for their turn so that they participate um and the kids were yeah, fantastic you know what? a lot of times kids are nicer than we give them credit for yeah because they they're, really they're mean but they're also can be really really sweet especially when it's somebody that needs something yeah in order to participate totally and usually you know and they'll involve that student in the decision like hey do you want to you know use your hands instead of whatever and the it, it's cool to see and so i have found that instead of like trying to impose that as the teacher kind of posing it more like a question and the kids come up with it themselves as a conversation works out great. And then the kids all feel like they're participating yeah. instead of me, the teacher saying like, okay, we're giving the learners two extra tries. And then the kids are like, that's not fair. But yeah. if they come up with it, they've, yeah, they've of bought course. it. Then it's, of course it's fair. Totally. <laughs> the other thing I love about um, Playworks is when a kid is like, quote, out or like gets out, the thing you say is good job, nice try, right. which I think is super cute. And, and the kids really internalize that. And, and again, maybe with the older kids, you have to kind of teach them not to say it sarcastically or whatever <laughs> but yeah. but I have found like when you model it and in all the Playworks videos they, the adults who are playing the game always model it really well so having that I think is helpful and then also and this this is of all the different Playworks things this is by far my favorite so if 
if say it's a game where the kids have to run to a spot, right? Like that that tic tac toe chair thing. If two kids get there at the same time, or there's a disagreement, or watch a back tag, they tag each other. At the same right, time. exactly. They tag each other at the same time. The play works way to resolve that is rock paper scissors. Yep. <laughs> and just one round. Rochambeau and yeah. let it go. It, oh yeah, that's what they say, right? Rochambeau yeah. and let it go. Yeah. So they they do that, and whoever wins like won that little round, and they move on. And it's great for games. Um, where again, it's there's like a high tendency of like kids doing it at the same time or getting there at the same time, or there, that one kid that will argue about everything. Yeah, that's true. Like, there's yeah, one of those that happens class. a lot in wall ball. Like, I'm not out. No, I didn't touch it. No, I didn't. You know, whatever. And then they like do rock paper scissors, and that's the end of that. Yeah, and it's pretty final. Then the kids get really good at rock paper scissors. Yes, they do. I'm like quite impressed with how good they are at all of that. Um, and I feel like the rock, paper, scissor, I know that sounds like too simple, but it really does solve almost every single disagreement. Well, yeah, because that's, it's just, that's what we've agreed to do. And that's what we do. Exactly. And, um, yeah, I, I feel like there's not a lot of conflict in the games when, when they are set up in a way that it's not just the one winner and everybody else. Right. Or, or any of those games, (laughs) cause As someone who was not very large as a child, when we play those games where everybody is looking at you, oh, those yes. are so hard. Those are terrible. Or like Red Rover, you know, of course they're going to run towards me because I'm like, I don't, I don't run the beat because I have these little hands, right? So yeah. any of that time, anytime you could take off where everybody is looking at the one kid. Yes. So even in, but even in some games where they're doing that, it's it's a quick turnaround, so you're not everybody's not looking at you as you walk back to the dugout or yeah, exactly. That's a whatever. good point. Like yeah, if you picture baseball, it's like the one kid is yeah, 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 <laughs> right, and everyone else is watching. Exactly. That's another reason why I love um, these sort of group games is because I think that's a really good point you made. Is all eyes are not on that one kid. Um, I want to explain Red Rover for anyone who's too oh, young because I swear to you, it's one of those games that is like, like outlawed. <laughs> yeah, no, like I think it's literally like that, and like I know certain um, districts outlawed like dodgeball and stuff because yeah. kids were like getting beamed in the head and like falling down. But Red Rover, <laughs> I'm laughing because it's it's so chaotic that not only was this a recess game, but this was like something a teacher I remember no, taught yeah, us how to play. No, yeah, that's what we would play for PE. <laughs> yeah. It's like great. So imagine. Two lines of children facing each other. Holding hands. Yeah. Looks like a fun game because they're holding yeah, hands. Yeah. So one team is either holding hands or I feel like we, did we link arms or Some was it Some people just linked arms. We, we were taught kind of holding hands. Okay. Maybe that was the accommodation like, oh, well, if they're linking arms, it's better. I don't know. <laughs> They'll dislocate their shoulder instead Ex- of breaking their wrist. Right. So imagine, so Stephanie and I are the same team. We're holding hands and then we call over. How do we decide what Red Rover, Red, Red Rover, send. And like no, someone, Sarah, Sarah right over. Or in my case, it would be Stephanie because I was little and you had to run as fast as you could and pick whose arms you were going to break through. Right. So imagine a, like arms across America, so you would, like, hands across America. you would yourself there and like be hanging between two right. arms. So we're, we're all linking <laughs> arms. We yell over to the other team, some poor little child who now has to run across the field and break through our two hands gripping. And if they broke through, that other team won or got a point or whatever. I can't remember. I think we got to take somebody from oh, their yes, side. You get to take them. But if you went over them, they got you. Right. And if the child just ran into your arms and bounced off yeah. <laughs> or clotheslined themselves. Like swinging there. And you won. And or in, they did not break through your Then I think you thing. had to go to that side. I don't remember. So that, so that I, you have this longer line. Although I think I remember getting called more. Just oh yeah, like, do you get a do you get to capture them? Like if I they think don't you break get to through. keep them if you, they don't break through. Uh-huh. But then if they do break through, you get to capture somebody. I don't remember. All I remember is Red Rover, it, Red Rover, send Stephanie right over. <laughs> it either led to a ridic- ridiculous amount of broken arms and wrists because you're having children barrel through people holding <laughs> arms. And or kids just like straight up like pummeling each other yeah. and knocking them backwards. Or the um, or the kid that you know had already hit puberty and then like some other <laughs> tiny like the grown child. man running towards <laughs> right you. Little, um, little and or I'm sure little ones got like clotheslined and like yeah. knocked their little noggins back. It was such a popular game though. Like I remember, 
I remember. I just remember playing it. So, anyways, don't do that. That is not a game. It's not a good game. That you should should not do that. Depending on your state or region, you're probably not allowed to, anyways. Um, Although, if they are, I wonder if anybody's still playing it. I'd like to. Let's know. look it up after. <laughs> and be like, where is Red Rover still legal? <laughs> if you if your school still allows it in whatever state or country or place you live, you please know. put it in the comments because um, I would love to know um, how many uh, ER visits <laughs> as results. <laughs> We should play it at like a faculty. Uh, oh my gosh! Then at me, I don't know. I well, got my pillow. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, I have a classroom story, and um, you guys will probably guess the punchline because of the topic we're talking about. But I was picking the students up from one of their release classes. Um, I think it was it was music because I remember they were all <laughs> falling out. And um, it's really funny. I feel like I'm the type of person that has, like, pretty good hearing, especially as a teacher can, like, hear background noise. But I have this weird selective hearing if there's a bunch of, like, background kid it's chatter. children's yeah, voices. Children's voices. At certain voices, ages, you miss some tones. <clears throat> and they're kind of, like, marble-mouthy. Like, they're going to talk like this. Okay. I, I don't actually think, like, I think this kid actually spoke perfectly clear. I just didn't. I misheard him. But they're all coming out, and they're all excited because they know we're going to do some activity or whatever because they're coming out of music. And he says to me... <laughs> Can we, usually when they come out of music class, they're trying to like go to the bathroom or go get a snack or go do something, right? And he goes, he like looks over kind of by the trees and he's like, can we pee outside? And I was like, excuse me? And he's like, what? And I was like, what do you mean what? And he goes, and he kind of looked at me confused and I go, do you think that's an appropriate question? And he like stares at me and he's like, what? And then I realized, <laughs> I think I misheard him. <laughs> I do not think he said, can we pee outside? Turns out what he said is, can we do P.E. outside? Because it had been raining on and off. <laughs> and he wanted to know if we could go outside. But his idiot teacher <laughs> did not hear that Always right. on the defense. They're always right. out to get us. I was like, <laughs> yeah, he's trying Okay, and granted, when you teach fifth grade, like you've had some say that. weird questions. Yeah. <laughs> like they're they've asked me, they've not asked me if they could pee outside, but they have asked me goofy little things. And so I just kind of expect goofy questions. Clearly, it's my bias. So then when I realize my mistake and he feels like he's in trouble because I'm like, do you think that's an appropriate <laughs> Do you think that's an appropriate question? I go, I am so sorry. I completely misheard you. Did you say, can we do P.E. outside? And he's like, yeah, of course. (laughs) Well, now there's an audience, right? Now the entire fifth grade class is looking at, like, what is going on? And I said, I thought you said, can we pee outside? (laughs) To which point they all erupt in laughter. And he's like, why would I say that? (laughs) And I looked at him, I'm like, that's why I said that. I was like... That, he's like, that's not okay to ask. And I'm like, hence my reaction, little man. Um, so that was a big laugh. And so now the kids tease me all the time. And they're like, can we pee outside today? And like, Whatever. But um, clearly it's better to give the kids the benefit of the doubt before you True. assume if they're... But I am also a mother of boys. And I have been asked that question multiple well, times. Yeah. Um, and so I think I was just expecting it. They and that was my um That was my... <laughs> that's True. At least he asked. Um, we did do PE outside that day. That's because- good. <laughs> do you have any classroom Mine is nowhere P- near as entertaining oh. as that. But as me completely shaming I a child was for me, no reason. It was also me just losing it. Because um, one game I used to always play was What Time Is It, Mr. Fox? I love that game. Which involves all the kids in one area being the the sheep or whatever right. and then there's a fox in the middle it's also it's called midnight right actually and they go what time is it mr fox and then the fox will say 10 o'clock and the kids takes 10 steps one two three four five six nine what time is it running and they keep going back right. and forth it's great for indoor game i play that inside oh really yeah but you'd have to do tiny steps because my kids like to go as far as they can oh and then sure. we also have to teach no you cannot say it's 100 o'clock it's not time um, you should do this during. Yeah, you have to do this during your. Yeah, you clock do it while unit. you're doing yeah, your exactly. clock unit, and then you know when the fox says midnight, they all run after the sheep, and whoever's caught now becomes a fox. Right, it's but like only, a tagging. Yeah, but only yeah. the head fox is the one who can actually say the time because you always have someone who wants to take over. Anyway, I tell the kid, okay, we're gonna go out and play midnight. All right, let's go and everything, and we're out there, and I'm like, 
guys, what? And I realized I hadn't taught them that game. <laughs> it was last year's class, and they were thought I was nuts because it was like, what do you mean? You, you guys know how to play this? And I was going on and on, and they're like, no, we don't know how to play. Because <laughs> like, I'm so old, I'm just melding everybody together and I've forgotten. totally done that. I feel like I either did a thing where, like, <laughs> No, you guys know how to do this. And they're like, no, you've like literally never <laughs> showed us down. this game. Or I'm like, guys, I have this brand new game. And it's something I've played like five times. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, what are you, you talking about, crazy like, oh, lady? Thanks. Sorry, um, this has nothing to do with classroom stories, except for it's a huge uh, shout out to Leanna because she told me about the um, electric whistle. <laughs> do you Have you oh, seen my no. little whistle? Okay, I'm going to write that down in my notes. Okay, I need that. I'm going to link it. It's one of the few things. I'm usually not like a big Amazon purchase person, but I could not find this in like a real store. So I'll, I will. Well, mainly because my whistle's hanging around my neck and oh. Okay. So normal, <laughs> normal whistles you put in your mouth and you blow the whistle. And then inevitably some child, when you're not paying attention because it's on your like key lanyard, will touch it <laughs> or yeah. will put or it. Or you've in leaned over into whatever, something. food. <laughs> so she's showing me that. It looks, it looks ridiculous because they're all huge. They're not little. But it, imagine, like, a flashlight. And you just press a button and it makes a whistle sound. And I know that sounds <laughs> super dumb to have. But, one, it never is in anybody's mouth. Mm-hmm. Two, it has its own lanyard. So you can. I just take it out during PE. So I'm not, like, wearing a whistle all the time. And then, three, you can actually adjust not only the loudness. So if I'm on the court, it's softer. But if I'm out on the, uh-huh. the field, I, like, can crank it up. But it's cool because it has, like a flashlight, it has directionality. So if I want to be oh, like a lifeguard wow. and like that is so cool. beep beep just that kid, I can aim it. So my next, like, I'm bored flipping through Amazon purchase. Yeah, exactly. And oh, um, and some of them um, you can change what the whistle sounds like, which is kind of fun. Because I have one that just sounds like a PE whistle, but they have ones that like a foghorn. Like yeah. like well, that would be good if or you had buzzer. like a different... Oh yeah, like yeah. a game where you have like because I mean I have a intervals. different whistle. Like when we're done, it's yeah. a different sound than totally. And just like a real whistle, you can have it like do multiple like beep 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 or like whatever versus like one long mm-hmm. um, tone. Um, but I will tell you, as soon as you buy this thing, it will now be your new reward system because the kids will all want to work the work whistle. the whistle. And um, every now and then, to mess with the fifth graders, I'll hit it in the classroom. <laughs> quiet like oh i've done that before like okay i can't yell yeah i'm just gonna blow the whistle (laughs) blow the whistle you guys are not listening um but yeah the electric whistle is clutch um unless you're loud like me and can yell across this or in ted lasso he's like whistle um (laughs) (laughs) you could just do that too i love that electric whistle I think it is a two-pack. If it's a two-pack, I'm going to find my other one and I'll give it to you. But if it was just one, sorry, you'll have to order your own. Um, But you, dear listeners, if you have either an awesome PE game that you want to share with us or a PE horror story where you thought the child was asking if they could go to the bathroom outside and they just wanted to play, (laughs) then please add it to the comments or you can email us at podcast at thetimecrunchedteacher.com and I'll be sure to leave that address in the show notes and and or you can leave a comment if you're watching this on YouTube of all your awesome PE games and like I said I will link all the games and um, that whistle <laughs> in the show notes so thank you so much for your kind attention today until next time teachers bye bye